Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, ND Fan Radio on One Foot Down, the One Foot Down podcast. Happy to uh, happy to make your acquaintance if you're new to the show. If you're uh, if you're a loyal listener, welcome back. Pull up a drink, pull up a chair, pour, pour yourself a chair, have a drink. Pour yourself a chair and have a drink. Notre Dame Fighting Irish 52, Miami Redhawks. I want so bad to call them Redskins. Redskins? Well, no. you're a former Redskin. That's why. My high school was the Redskins. Before they changed to the Legends. Yeah, exactly. They're the Legends. And now we have the Redhawks. I was I was tooling around in the backyard today before the volleyball tournament with my daughters and a big red-tailed hawk swooped down and my five-year-old is sitting down on the grass and i thought it was going to be one of those viral youtube videos but it it didn't pick her up no but i thought maybe it was going to go down like a like a scene from never-ending story or something yeah and and here's what's sick about our generation my immediate thought instead of saving my own child was like where's my phone where's my phone (laughs) where is my phone and i (laughs) didn't have my phone oh my god so it 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 uh deferred it well, if, if you hadn't heard, I uh, my, actually my brother and I were both at the game. Hypocrite! They were both at boycott the game. Boycott ended. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Did, did you? Irish tightness ends boycott. <laughs> Attends first game in yeah. seven years. War bonds. <laughs> yeah, right. Did, did, uh, did you see the game at all on TV? Have you seen anything? Other than just being, I like that you threw on TV there. I thought you're like, did you see the game at no, all? Because I, mean, I saw I'm, you at the tailgate. Did yeah. You, did no. you even see the game? No, I did not. In fact, everybody referenced the exploding helmet play, which I we saw live. I have I, I didn't see one second of it other than uh, what was on. I didn't even realize there was a fake punt. I was what I, I kind of caught the play and I was like, damn, that's a huge asshole. How'd he get? How how'd that happen? I told you earlier that there were four Miami guys, God God bless their souls, behind me, four young Miami fans, and as soon as we lined up, you know, there's always somebody that's going to call the fake punt, but this guy, with a, with a sound of sheer, just, you know, like absolute fear in his voice, he goes, oh no, they're going to fake it. Like, and they're not lined up anything different, whatever. We're way up in the corner, you know. Like, there's nothing indicating. This guy hasn't demonstrated any other, you know, sort of football X's and O's acumen that would suggest that he's going to know that. And it was just like this little gut instinct behind me. He goes, oh, no, they're going to fake it. And and they did, and I just I guess if you say that every single time, you're bound to be right. Just like our friend that will go unnamed here, but you know who I'm talking about. This is Notre Dame's going to be undefeated this year. They're going to win the champ. Well, okay. One year, you're going to be right. Eventually, you will get it right. But uh, yeah, the boycott the the boycott was was uh, was broken. Prodigal son returns, slaughter the it, fattened cat. Not necessarily intentionally. So I will. I, I'll do. I got some splaining to do. I'll do a little splaining uh-huh. here. I got a call on Friday that said uh, from a buddy, my good friend of mine, who said, "Hey, I got tickets, four tickets. Uh, do you want them?" And I said, "No." And he goes, "Well, they're really good seats. They're like twenty rows behind the the team, and I got a parking pass." I said, man, I, I, you know my position. I am, I don't want to spend any money on Notre Dame gear. I don't want to spend any money on Notre Dame tickets. I don't want to spend any money on Notre Dame until Brian Kelly's gone or this is a top 10 team. Mm-hmm. He goes, well, I'm going to just give them to you. That, so you're not spending any money. Yeah. And I said, let me ask my wife if my kids would go. And she said, yeah, the kids would love to go. So I did it for the kids. I did it for the kids. And, and full transparency – I spent $9 in South Bend. You did? Three hot chocolates for my wife and two children that went with me. Three hot chocolates that you spent. 
Okay. Nine dollars. That's it. Now right. I spent some money at a restaurant on the way home. I bought, you know, I bought some booze going up and whatever. Sure. But as far as the actual dollars that I committed to the University of Notre Dame, nine bucks. Okay. So be pissed if somebody's like, oh, it's all it took. Tightness is just some free tickets for you to. I go look. I've passed a dozen free tickets up already. It was the part. First of all, it was the parking pass. That that mm-hmm. was that that was you know a joy slot pass is is nice to have and then secondly look I take my kids to the blue gold game every year because it's cheap it's affordable whatever these are the best seats my kids are ever gonna have yeah ever yeah ever so they okay. got to see it all okay and that so was great. so you're a hypocrite great um, so I'm a hypocrite uh, here's, here's my hey will about... you will you sell me your uh, piece of bench will I yeah for why because <laughs> you're because you're a fan again yeah. and you want to buy something or what here's I have a quick thought about your tickets were really really good you were like one row behind the gold now blue seats two, I mean you were two rows two rows back okay so it reminded me of this story I'll tell this really really quickly I went to a Christmas party last year and the host of this party which was at his house very graciously I may have I, I think I tweeted something about this at the time had all this really top shelf bourbon and he's like help yourself do whatever you want and he had Pappy Van Winkle and I'd never had it before I said oh you know, are you sure and he said absolutely help yourself yeah well or all this other great <laughs> stuff right well there's another buddy of ours that's at the same party and he's had like one bourbon in his life okay and he goes hey I'm interested in bourbon he's just trying to be social right <laughs> yeah. I'm interested I'm, I also like bourbon <laughs> I'm kind of trying to get into bourbon I'm, I'm interested in everything this is like a, this is like a beer drinking guy right so it's like the first bourbon he's ever had in his life was Pappy Van Winkle yeah. neat. Yeah. And I'm like, I've been not that I'm any yeah. sort of connoisseur, yeah. but I've been drinking enough. You're, that you're, it, pre- you're, it was you're an prepared occasion. to melt like you're in Indiana Jones drinking from the wrong cup. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You got the night in the corner, these translucent. And He's I'm like, just like, mm, is this Jesus was a carpenter? Is exactly. <laughs> that's how I was. So what you've done now for your children is how is this guy gonna go back? No, to, that's the best to... thing. I'll never have to take him to a game again. Oh, okay. They can I'll... never eclipse that. Well, maybe this guy will never drink bourbon again, but I thought his first <laughs> First sip ever is Pappy Van Winkle, like the 15-year variety. The first time your kids saw Notre Dame, it wasn't just the seat quality. They won by 35 points. You is that know? all it was? That is that all it was? Your kids, what they think Notre Dame football is, is sitting four rows back from the field and watching Josh Adams run back and forth. Yeah, that's what I thought when like I was nine horse. years old. That's what I thought when I was nine years old. Okay. Now they're going to be ruined for the next 30. Gotcha. So you're setting it up for the exact same experience that you had. I just wanted to point that out, how funny that somebody's first experience with what we've seen is is, is this drubbing. And granted, it was Miami of Ohio. I think the first game I went to, Notre Dame beat Air Force like 3,000 to 4. I mean, that's that's the first game I remember going to, which I think I was with Cousin JJ back in the day. They, they just smoked Air Force. Speaking so. of which, if you hadn't noticed, Cousin JJ is not here. I, your host, co-host today, mm-hmm. Irish Tightness. Yeah, 50-50 uh, co-host. My brother to my left, Andy McFly. And Cousin JJ's out of the country. He is. He's visiting the homeland of Chase Claypool. He is? I think so. He's in Canada. What's he doing up there? Is he on business or? I don't know. He's looking for toques, eh? All right. Maybe he's watching some Canadian football. There I don't you go. know. He's, he's probably Does up there. Does Golson play for Dude, a CFL team or something? You know what? That's prob- That's not That's not out of the realm of possibility. He's probably just heckling. He's just heckling Golson. <laughs> he's Golson's up there heckling Golson. Yeah. Yeah. He's playing in some sort of second-tier Canadian <laughs> arena league. Golson's cousin, like spinning off of a J- rubber cousin bumper. Cousin JJ's up there looking at the draft, like the talent rankings of the Toronto Argonauts and the yeah, right. you know who, <laughs> whoever they're yeah. playing. Like this coach only has a point six three suit. He's comparing win percentage. winning percentages yeah, yeah. of the Canadian U fourteen well, hockey league. Well, right look, now. I mean, cause I, well, I'll step in for cousin JJ here. 
Miami, Ohio is not a good team. This doesn't mean anything. This win means nothing. Okay. okay. Right, we've, so we we've, covered, we've covered Cousin JJ. Okay. <laughs> he's not here to defend himself. I feel so bad doing it. But you know I that's don't. exactly what he's going to say. It is what he's going to say. Right. And he predicted it. So, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Let's let's talk uh, Let's talk turkey. Let's talk the, the game. So, we were both there in the stands. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go into the game itself? Or do you want to talk about the stadium atmosphere? How, where do you think that let's makes... Let's start with stadium atmosphere. You know, I know... I, we saw some. We we saw a couple critiques out there. A couple comments. This was your first time there since all the renovations, correct? Correct. Mine the too. last time I had made a campus visit and I saw the buildings going up. Yeah. I saw the scaffolding, yeah. but I mean, it was, I was the there first time. Blue gold game. It was, was exactly. I was, it was the first time inside to see any of it. Um, as far as the stadium renovation, my real quick hot take was the outside is absolutely surreal. It's surreal to see such a large structure surrounding the stadium. I mean, these are legitimate buildings this is not like an annex or an add-on it's specifically the east side the jack side it was almost like in my mind i couldn't compute how there was that much space between the stadium and the in the joy center and it was just so big and it i really had that like first time you go to a big city just or the first time you see a big mountain kind of surreal experience on the inside it's not nearly as dramatic as far as the buildings are concerned it just looks like the stadium's like wearing a hat now you know on either Mm -hmm. side I got to be honest, though. I was in the corner where I had to turn around over my right shoulder to look at the video board. Okay. It's sick. I mean, like, that's a, that's a, that's a nice unit. That's a nice <laughs> unit you got there, Ted. Uh, that's that that. And I'll tell you what, the bass from that thing, yeah, I went down to get a coffee. The sound was great. I, th- I thought it the could. The bass is yeah, the, enough to shake the place. The sound I was mean, great. I whoa. thought it could be bigger. Really? Yeah. Okay, it does have kind of a four-three aspect ratio. I, I, I thought was surprised it, I by thought that. it could be bigger. I thought it. Had, I don't know why. I mean, I'm just looking at it, and it just seems like it could be bumped out another two feet tall and another six feet wide or eight feet wide. I think that screen dimension. It, I really it, think what you're used to seeing is the more rectangular, whatever it is, sixteen I mean, nine. It's a four-three dimension. And the phone kind of. and the phone I have now is not even sixteen by nine. It's like whatever the next step out is, like eighteen by. You know, I mean, 2084 by 1260. I, I don't know. It's insane. The, the phone I have. Sure. I mean, like it automatically adjusts everything even wider, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe it's just because of that black on the it's sides not a movie for, because of the speakers. Yeah, yeah. That could be where it just seems like extra space. There. No, so the sound was great. Yeah, the sound was great. If you're the underneath, picture clarity is fine. If you're but underneath that like, thing, it I seems stood, like it could be bigger. I stood. And I wasn't direct, that far away from. I it. stood directly underneath it, talking to a coworker of mine that I ran into who was a Miami alum. I stood directly underneath it. I mean, and if you think about a video board like that, the viewing angle, like two feet out from underneath it, you can watch it. And the yeah. base was just, I mean, it was completely shaking. They did play page. Woot, there it is, Dude, at one uh, point they, during the game. They played Jay-Z, you know. I used to move snowflakes by the OZ. Maybe somebody that's in the editorial <sighs> committee doesn't know what that reference means, but they played that. And I was like, so when Hove came on, of course, I was just, I was going crazy. But you know what, honestly... Uh, did, it's a new era. It's a new thing. I had. I, I thought it was great. Did anything? Did anything? I mean, the fonts, the signs, the paintings, the decorum stuff in the stairwells. I tw- I tweeted at Irish Tightness. I tweeted out a couple pictures of the artwork that were in the stairs going from between levels, which you can't really wrap your mind around the fact that that's like a sixteen foot tall picture right. of Brian Kelly. Yeah, or what? I mean, it's it's huge. Yeah. Big brother for real, right? Uh, but did, I mean, was there anything podcast. out of all the stuff that you saw? Was there anything that you thought was distasteful out of place that didn't enhance the experience, or even if it didn't enhance the experience? Like, I mean, was there anything that you looked at and you're like, "Nah, that was a bit too far." 
there's nothing in and of itself that I felt was a bit too far. I will say this. I've mentioned on the show before, every year I take an annual trip with some of my buddies and we go to an MLB baseball stadium. So I'm increasing my repertoire of stadiums that I've seen. It has a professional feel more than college. I agree. But I will say this. As I walk through there, I made the comment to my to my wife there's just so much money here. There's this place is like, you know, underneath Ghostbusters 2, there's the river of the pink ooze that's making everybody upset at each other. Notre Dame's like that, except it's just like liquefied cash. We're walking by all, everything there is new. Everything is new. And I just thought. Even was, Brian Kelly. Absolutely. 2.0. <laughs> now, to watch it all, like in the one year to the next year, I. That was the only just overall thing I gleaned from it was there's so much money flowing through here. And I and I walked up through like the commons and back and by the ice arena and all which is five years ago, that was nothing. Yeah. There was nothing there. So I walked up to campus. Well, even that when way. Compton was built, it was sort of out by itself, you know, now it's all filled in. It's like urban. It's like an urban environment with new buildings. So I, there's nothing in and of itself that's like, whoa, this is way over the top. They play less music. They piped in less music. I was kind of kind of disappointed, but I liked hearing the band too. So I was kind of 50-50 on that. But the only time I heard All Aboard, I was actually like walking out of the stadium. Really? And I finally I don't, heard that. I don't remember so. hearing it at all. It was like I two minutes left. I didn't, they did it. I didn't notice the ribbon boards at all. Um, but, but, you know. That's because you were down in the yeah, lower maybe, bowl. Maybe I was too low I to noticed see those. the ribbon. I didn't notice um, the ribbon boards. I noticed did, the stats were blatantly wrong <laughs> on the ribbon boards. Oh, they, they had Miami with negative two rushing yards. I think that and, was right. No, it wasn't right. Well, all I know is sure? I think at halftime. It, all they, I know is their rushing and passing did not eat anywhere near add up to their total yardage. Gotcha. And it was way off. And they had Notre Dame with two turnovers, and they had Miami with zero, which certainly wasn't correct. So somebody they, up there, there must was, have been turnovers gained, or, or right. But yeah, it didn't right. say that. So somebody up there was still maybe figuring out, you know, the keys or whatever. No problem. But you know, I will say this: like, it's certainly modernized. Bathroom was your bathroom experience better? Well, being away from the trough, you know, I'm like looking at the guy next to me and I'm just like, I feel so far away from you, you know, like I had inverse stage fright, like there's dividers and I'm like, I don't know what to do. Um, I w this is the one critique I will make. Uh, the bathroom, because there is no trough, had a ridiculous line. Really? The men's bathroom had a line that had like a right angle turning it. Mm. I mean, people were cute. Like we I was like, I thought people, I thought I was going to get an iPhone. When I got into the we, bathroom, the line was absurd. We didn't. I mean, I will say I, that. I think that's just a function of where I was sitting then, I guess, because, you know, like my kid would be like, Dad, I got to go pee. It was like, all right. So we like we're two rows away from like down two rows and turn the corner and you're already in the tunnel, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. was great. And then straight ahead is the men's room. There's no I mean, like we like we could go. He'd run through the bathroom and come back out, and we'd be back in our seats before the timeouts were even over, yeah. like before they even came back. Dude, from... Anybody in the gold seats knows how to manage their prostate, <laughs> all right? They, they know what's that, going that on. Part, that part was nice. No, I mean, it was – I think a lot of the artwork was was tastefully done. It was – It's professional. It, it, it's, it is. It's I modern. Mean, it's, it's, it's like it walking hang. through Lucas or whatever. They've sure. got these – everything's its own little area that kind of tells a story. It was nice. I don't think it necessarily made it – it, it definitely didn't make it any worse. I mean, and there it was still felt like Notre Dame Stadium. It still did, which I thought was impressive. Like the eat, you know, eat over the concessions and shop over the, you know, like right. the eat in the shop and you know. It was but like, it also wasn't full blown professional because when you go to like Lucas Oil, it's like the touchdown Timmy's 
pretzel corner. You know, like well, everything has have, a branded they did have, kind of thing. They had one like booth. It was weird. They had one booth that was selling pretzels that weren't the shitty. And they were shitty. Uh, you like know. the stadium pretzel? Yeah, you mean? I mean, yeah, they're just, they, they suck, right? At stadiums. From like, the, the general. Yeah, mill, yeah, regular right. stadium okay. pretzels, just, they're, they're bad. But there's in, a specialty gen- pretzel. There, there was one that was like some something branded, like Martin's Honey, okay. Martin's yeah, honey yeah. wrapped, you know, wheat bread pretzel. And, <laughs> and there were literally like 80 people in line for this thing. Okay. We were walking, we just got, we were like, let's go walk around, right? Because their name's killing them. We're gonna stretch the legs, and I we just there was a line. I was like, "What is this line for?" And we just kept walking. You couldn't even see the end of it. Yeah. And I was walking by. I was like, "What are they selling crack up here?" I right. Mean, we get right. to the end, and it's like, and it's and and I was like, if anybody had a brain, they'd whatever this. It's not any ants, but it's something to that effect. Sure. I was like, why wouldn't they just put that pretzel into ma- the general into all of them? Yeah. Right. I mean. Maybe it's his, I don't know. I will, as far as the concessions are concerned, I got a coffee. The guy gives me the coffee. He goes, two things. As he's handing me the coffee, yeah, he goes, don't sue us. this is insanely hot, and I don't know if the lid's on correctly. That's oh, what he told oh, me. And thanks. I go, okay. The coffee was horrible. But look, it's stadium. <laughs> I don't go to a football stadium to get good coffee. Uh, and then and the wife got me a hot dog, which was not impressive. But you know what? All that kind of stuff is what it used to be. Nothing wrong with that. Um, line logistics. Did you at least get a 50-cent piece and change? No, no. No. Well, she got it, so I don't I don't know. But like I said, the, the minor, minor gripe was there's a really long line for the bathroom. I'm in that, and one of the other times I went was like a, during the actual football action, so it didn't that didn't yeah. happen. Now, I will say this. Screens everywhere. Screens yeah. everywhere. Yeah. Playing the game with the feet. I mean, there's a little bit of a delay, but if you're in the concourse, if you're, I mean, there's big screens everywhere and with, I think with as the fans, game on it. As a modern fan, we've come to expect that. Now, on the one hand, you guys say, well, you're ruining tradition. Look, if you want to stay old school and just have it be concrete and football, charge me 40 bucks. Yeah. But if you're going to charge me 75 bucks to be sitting in the upper section where yeah. I was, yeah. then I expect those amenities, and I was pleased. Yeah. I, I, gave no, it, I, I, I gave it a, I th- I gave it a I, A-. I thought minus. it was nice. I mean, I took basically 12 hours out of my day to, to round trip that thing. Mm-hmm. Wasn't anything I necessarily wanted to do for a, uh, an inferior product, but Notre Dame looked good. I basically did it for the kids. They had yeah. a, they had a blast, and uh, and I really Notre Dame's. I mean, I don't. I'm, they're not top ten right now, but they're playing some pretty damn good football. Yeah. Dude. Well, I'm sure there's somebody out there that's already irritated with the stadium experience commentary, and they probably want to hear about some football. So we we what may is as there well to get talk about? It. Notre Dame kicked the piss out of them. Yeah. I mean, no, you're not. You're not wrong. Um, did you read the quote from Brian Kelly? That no. says maybe I just woke up one morning and hit my. Did you read that quote? Oh, I did actually. Okay, let me. I'm gonna go ahead and read it. There, I, there was I, a full quote. I I just read the. I guess I just woke up and bumped my head and we started running the football. Something like that. Yeah, I'll go ahead but and read it. Real a, fast. There's actually two paragraphs before it that set the context. Correct. Okay. I don't know. I pulled this. I pulled this from like the ESPN game summary. So I'm oh, go then ahead I'm sure. It's, I'm sure it's fully complete and within context. I'm not saying it's within ESPN. context. It's just the quote. Maybe I just woke up one morning, hit my head came to my senses and said, let's go to our strengths. We got really good players I want to feature. I wanted to change the focus to being a much more physical team and running the football. I don't know if Brian Kelly came to that realization before this season or before this game or maybe after they they dropped five Benjis. My my dad Swarbrick called me in his office, spanked me, and said, listen, dude, you're going to change some things or you're going to be on a plane out of here, okay? Mm -hmm. People want running. People want new coordinators. 
Right. People weren't running. I'm sure they said that. Well, look, I mean, do you think Brian Kelly came to that conclusion on his own? Let me ask you that. Do you, do you honestly think that Brian Kelly, which you've seen for seven years going into this year, did he come to that conclusion on his own? I don't. And I think that there's a little bit of truth in his kitschy little saying here, which is, he he's, did? he's trying to explain to himself what happened. Maybe I just woke up one morning no, and hit here's my what, head. He woke up. He realized his tenure was was turning into complete shit. Yeah, maybe he, I woke he, up to my phone no, buzzing. Yeah, from, I woke up to my Swarbrick. Twitter notifications when we were four and eight and was like, fuck. Right. I got to figure something else out. I woke up to the One Foot Down podcast. Yeah. Right, right. All these guys keep saying this hashtag RTDB stuff. I got to do something. Yeah, right. Let's fire Longo. Let's find a defensive coordinator that understands the game of football, and let's try this running thing. Yeah. Now, here, here's the one part of that that I think we could maybe unpack just a little bit. He said, I realize that we should play to our strengths. I realize now that I have a couple guys I want to feature. Do you, <sighs> now, I don't think that we're you're quite— gonna, You're going to turn my positive— Family no, 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 experience no, no. and good feeling about a fifty-point, you know, number on. You're gonna, you're doing this on purpose. You're getting no, worked I'm up, not. aren't you? I'm, I'm, I got I'm, half a bourbon down, and you're and you're poking I, the bear here. I'm working towards something positive. Okay. All I want to know is, do you, um, do you think that Kelly came to the realization? Was he forced into this decision because hey, of look, the personnel crisis, or did he? It, did he truly wake up and say? This is what we should be doing. It's what we should have been doing all along. I've said multiple times, I don't know who to credit for the hires. I mean, clearly Kelly was involved, but I don't know how much of that was truly his decision, right? Right, right. I don't even know if firing Van Gorder was Brian Kelly's decision. If Swarbrick made him fire Van Gorder, I actually have a little bit more respect for Swarbrick. I don't know. There's speculation there, but if you think about, we talked about in a previous podcast, Kelly... He carried over when he shouldn't have. A lot of people said he shouldn't have gotten those extra three games that he got and got fired. So one would suggest that maybe maybe the memo came down the bank tube and said, get so, rid of this so, guy. And I, so I've said, I don't know who to attribute these hires to. I don't know who to attribute. Uh, like, all this stuff, I don't know. It, 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 it could have just been the fact that they were so god-awful last year that the guy got completely humbled and yeah. maybe these maybe this maybe these were his decisions i don't know i mean i'm i'm inclined to not believe cuz i don't give brian kelly the benefit of the doubt he's not earned that from me he's not shown an ability to adapt in 7 years and i think that's why it's hard for so many people to latch onto this is it really brian kelly 2.0 thing the guy just hasn't he has not shown an ability to adapt through last season however the guy got completely depantsed yeah. In the national media, in yeah. the national landscape, as far as college football, they were a joke. Go listen to our shows. We were not pleased. Right. You know, I mean, right. I'm, I'm still healed. These wounds are still healing. Mm-hmm. That being said, man, things look different this year. They really do, man. Yeah. They really do. It's hard to buy into the Brian Kelly 2.0. I know there's a lot of people out there that listen to this show for our vitriol and venom that we've had you know but i mean look cousin jj we said last week on the michigan state game cousin jay i know you probably feel like michigan state's just a middle road big 10 team but you got to be honest notre dame came out looking ready to play from the opening whistle he's like yeah no they did they did notre dame always came out flat have they come out flat at all this year not at all no notre dame always let 
you know, uh, mediocre opponents hang around. Notre Dame is consistently under Brian Kelly, played to the level of their competition. I retweeted who's Irish uh, earlier uh, today or last night, whatever it was. I was thinking the exact same thing. I saw it in my Twitter line. I was just just like blind retweet because it made that was exactly what I was feeling at the time, which is Notre Dame has not played down to the level of their competition. Not now once. we always said that Brian Kelly they played up to their competition, but they also but they also played down. Sure, and they and and if they can continue to play up and not play down, that's good. I mean, they stomped Miami. Absolutely. They, I mean, did did Michigan State do, cough up the football a lot? Have a hundred yards of penalties? Do a lot of things to self destruct? They did, but Notre Dame didn't let off the gas at all. They put them away. They yeah. put they put BC away in the end. They put Temple away, and they hung pretty tough with Georgia. So those things being said. I have to at least give a slow clap attaboy to Brian Kelly. He's bringing teams that look prepared. They look in shape. They're not screwing around. They look ready to go from the opening whistle, and they're putting people away. Yeah, and right. However that happened, humility, divine intervention, Swarbrick, I don't know, but I am pleased that that is the direction of Notre Dame football this year. It's a yeah. hell of a lot better than it's been in the years past. Well, there's no doubt. And and when you look at a team like Miami, they come in, and we all know the stats. This is the second game ever. The last time they played was 1908. So we were, if anybody was thinking, maybe this is similar to the Georgia paradigm on a smaller scale, which is once in a lifetime, once in a lifetime opportunity to play in Notre Dame Stadium. Maybe the team kind of, you know, they they start to get some things going. Maybe they get a rally. They they. They give Notre Dame a scare, and they have to kind of wait till the end. And we've seen that with some of these random opponents put together a good game. I distinctly remember us podcasting in the years past about how, what is this thing? Do teams really give Notre Dame their quote-unquote best shot because it's Notre Dame? Look, Notre Dame came out there looking like, with the confidence of saying, this is Miami of Ohio, this isn't going to get anywhere close to dramatic. I mean, and, and and the crowd is starting to feel that too. The the one of the interesting things from the crowd was by the time Notre Dame scored their third touchdown, people were politely clapping. Yeah. And I'm not to, I'm not knocking the stadium, which we always knock no, fourth, the crowd. The start of the fourth quarter, Notre Dame punted. I think everybody's waiting to see him score again. They punted. People are like, all right, we saw enough. They're just kind of waltzing yeah. out. You no, know? the crowd was like they were just so calm after the third touchdown because there was no panic. There was no yeah. ratcheting up the crowd noise because there was no need for it. After the third touchdown, people were kind of like. Good. It's like clapping for your own kid who's dominating a sport. You're yeah. like, good job, Timmy. And you're like, speaking take of, it easy. Speaking of which, we beat the league champions from last year. We beat them today. Oh, you did? Shut them out. Oh. Well, I was at the volleyball game, we've which also up, included we've one of your children. We've one, 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 one touchdown in three games. Shut out the uh, the defending champ today. Five Forced five fumbles, recovered four of them, had a pick. Forced five fumbles. D-boys. I, do, I teach them to rip the ball out. First rip guy in. strip, huh? First guy in, wrap up. Second guy. You pull that football like you're starting a lawnmower. You rip that thing out, man. That's good. High force fumbles. Wow, that's impressive. It's the next generation right there. So, (laughs) I like it. Okay, so I I pulled – did you pull, like, the run-pass breakdown stats? Have you looked at that for the season? No, I just just woke – I don't even know what happened. I just woke up today thinking that maybe we should talk more about running the ball on this podcast. Maybe something you got hit in the head. (laughs) Look, we've talked about this ad nauseum, the run-pass breakdown, but I did find it quite interesting – you could probably do this. You could probably guess this off the top of your head. If we, I, we take away 2017 thus far, which is a, a season in progress, which season do you think Notre Dame had the highest percentage of run selection in Brian Kelly's tenure? Which season do you think they had the highest selection of running? 2012. 2012. 56% of the plays, play selection in 2012. They also had the highest percentage of yardage breakdown run to pass 
45%, okay, 45.9, so let's call it 46. Of their yards were rushing yards? 46% of their yards were were running, and 56% of the selection in 2012. Take a stab at what you think the next highest was, and I won't go through all of them. Not including this year? What was the, yeah, not including this year. 2012 was the best. What was the other glorious, wonderful year? 2015, I guess. 2015, very good. 55% of the runs of the place selected were runs and 45% of the yardage. Now, okay, so remember, the number one season in terms Jude, of selection. Jude is going to, he's going to, he's going to get worked up now because we've had this conversation before. And he said, do you win because you run the ball or do you run the ball because you're winning? We'll get there. All right. Remember, the make highest sure aware. place selection in terms of running for Brian Kelly was 2012, which was 56 and they weren't actually they weren't blowing people out in that year, so those no, were legitimately like running the ball to win. What I do think you think it is this year? Do you know what it is this year? Percentage wise, percentage thus far five games in. What's the run pass percentage selection? It's probably fifty eight to sixty two percent run. Sixty forty. Yeah, sixty forty. Now, yeah. if you which were... we've said in the past was the formula for success, that right. doesn't mean we were right. Absolutely. Maybe Brian Kelly just woke up and read an old post. Maybe he just woke up and listened to the podcast. Okay, so remember, as far as yardage gained, forty six percent was the best achieved the most yeah it's it's well over 50 this year it's probably over 65 70 yeah 4.4 percent yeah, of, yard, of yards gained this yeah. year is running this is high here's what i want you people to know let me boil this down in case you found that cumbersome the highest run percentage of selection and yardage was 2012 oh by the way notre dame was 12 and 1 the second ranked season was 2015. Oh, by the way, the only other time Brian Kelly reached double-digit wins for Notre Dame. And what I'm telling you is this year, thus far, they are outpacing both of those seasons for run selection and run yardage gain. You, now, you, you know, is that because we're blowing teams out or is that because we're choosing it? Here's the thing. All Notre Dame has done this year, to your point earlier, is take care of the work that's in front of them and throw a really good game at a team that just beat an interconference rival, forty-one to zero. Now I'm not re- ready to say that Notre Dame's amazing because Georgia's doing well. We talked about that type of logic being dangerous. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Georgia's a good team. Georgia's a good team. They're legit. I Notre mean, Dame gave them a fair shake, and they are producing the run game at a at. They're the seventh in the country. Is that? I don't know if that's still held, but they were seventh in the country in terms of running, and I pulled. Cousin JJ wanted to talk about yardage last week and where Notre Dame was ranked and how, hey, this is smoke and mirrors because they're 40th and 80th. Cousin JJ, do you do you get us uh, do you get us up in Canada? <laughs> are, you, are you able to download in international <laughs> waters? You know what Notre Dame is ranked right now offensively? Points scored in the country? 14. Do you know what they're ranked defensively? Points allowed? 22. 14 and 22. It's not top 10, okay? So maybe you're not going to go to another game yet unless somebody else gives you free tickets. <laughs> Notre Dame, five games They can't in. just be free. they got to be good ones and parking passes. Now, <laughs> right, exactly. Now, here, here's the drawback. And, then and I think I want to roll up there in a private jet exact, next time. Exactly. Here's so. the drawback. Notre Dame ha- has a very backloaded schedule they this do. year. They do. It's backloaded. But all they can do, all we can talk about on this podcast and critique is what has been done. Five games. They are ranked the. They're the 14th ranked Listen, offense and the 22 ranked d- defense. You want you want to hear some crazy stuff? I just the, told you some. Crazy I know. Stuff. Do you want to hear some equally crazy, but possibly crazier stuff? Absolutely. They've got they've got 16 rushing touchdowns so far this year. Do you know how many they had last year? Oh my gosh, 14. 18. 
Are you kidding 18. me? Oh, my gosh. So after this North Carolina game, they should have eclipsed last year's rushing touchdown total already within the first six games. Yeah. Uh, but in, and look, and it's not just the offense. I got a, I got a lot of stuff about running here, so great minds think alike. But, That's but look, insane. this is not just offense. Think about this. Uh, Notre Dame had their 10th and 11th takeaways against Miami. Yeah. Okay. And look. We realize they're not. This is not a world beater schedule yet, right? So I mean, the Wake and and Stanford and USC and and this is all appetizer, right? It is. So what is that called when you go to the place that's only appetizers? The tapas, tapas. Yeah, I don't know. That's what's happening right now. We're only eating appetizers. I get it. Tiny, yeah, right. So I get it. Look, I mean, cousin JJ. Yeah, none of this matters. You haven't played anybody. Okay, fine. Right. I mean, and he played who you've played, and he says the hype train's gonna get rolling. I don't. We're trying not to be the hype train, but. We're not. I'm throwing in the yarn bundle of Back <laughs> to the Future 3 right now that explodes red out of the... Out the of one that's the, got number three on it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Talk about the hype train, dude. I'm riding with uh, Clara Clayton hey, hey, listen, over there, the gorge. There's there's a lot. Damn it! There's, there's, <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's climbing up the side. Listen, there's a long way to go. And, and, and this thing, look, Brian Kelly has had some good starts. In, in years that I had, never laugh on this podcast, the things that uh, but because I'll I'll lose, continue. Go ahead. There have been seasons where think they've lost a game sure. after having sure. a nice run and it's just spiraled out of control. Twenty fourteen. I mean, pick and pick a year, right? Yeah. So that doesn't mean that can't happen again. Okay. I mean, so I think you got to take it with a grain of salt, but. If, if you're looking for reasons to believe in Brian Kelly 2.0, if you're like us who are extremely bitter, and look, we're very macro on this show. I mean, it's all about do we have a coach that can win a national champ? I mean, that's the number. Sure, that's the number one thing for JJ, for for me, and I don't know for you, but like it all starts with is this a coach that we trust? It has the program headed in the right direction that can win a national championship. Yeah. All right. With a declining win percentage, having kids busted for pot left and right, guys got guns in their car, you're vacating wins, you got academic probation stuff, and then you go four and eight. That's a compounding effect of shit. Aggravated. That just says, look, I, this is not a guy that's going to win a national championship. So there's a lot to unpack there. Mm-hmm. So anybody who just thinks like we're negative for negative sake, think about all those things I said. You know, some of those are under Brian, Brian Kelly's control. Some of them are not. You but know, but they were acutely happening last year, right? So, I mean, that's a In that's a, a culmina- that's a culmination of a lot of negative things. So, if if you don't understand why people are jaded about this guy, get a clue. Yeah. However, I think you're if the only person you just have to be a sheer hater at this point to not at least recognize and identify that things appear to be different. The teams appear to be in better shape. They're closing out inferior opponents. Um, and it's, again, back to my original point here, and it's not just offense. Look, they had their 10th and 11th takeaways against Miami. They had 14 all of last season. Yeah. Again, yes, we're comparing something to the absolute rock bottom, bottom of the barrel 4-8 and eight season. I get it. It's like everybody who says Kelly's good and compares him to Weiss and Willingham and Davey. Yes, when you compare... A uh, 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 shit sandwich to uh, you know, right. to, to, you know, a diary in a bowl. At least one of them's got bread, right? So, <laughs> What's so, it like to be a child in this house when there's a dinner that nobody likes? <laughs> Let me tell but, you what this could have been. But my point is, sixteen rush t- rushing touchdowns, eighteen all of last year, 
and they're on pace for the highest total ever. Yeah. Right. Uh, they had 29 rushing touchdowns in 2015. They had 25 in 2011, 23 in 2012. So they're on. They're on. Yeah. You know, they're on. They're on pace for their best ever. Here's what's even more impressive than this, Martin. This is the craziest thing. As impressive as those rushing touchdown numbers are, the lack of fumbles is amazing. Yeah. They're on track right now for 550 carries this season, which will be the highest of the Brian Kelly era by a long shot. Do you know what the highest is in the Brian Kelly era? 491 in 2012. You have 491? I have 506. Okay, whatever. Okay. Set anomaly. They're, they're, they're on track for maybe uh, I use sports that reference. Could, well, that include that might include sacks. Whatever. CFB stats is where I go. They were averaging 17 fumbles a, a year in Brian Kelly's career. I mean, they've been as high as 20, 21, 25. They've had 20 fumbles twice, 21 in 2014. Right now they're on pace for 10. Yeah, yeah, which will be the second lowest of Brian Kelly's career, and we could get a reversion of mean. I mean, somebody may they may just be fumbleitis from here on out. Who knows? And I, and I, I think I, if so they, I don't, I I don't hopefully fair, we're not jinxing them. But if 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 these guys are on pace for the second lowest fumble total ever, on the back of the highest rushing, you know, n- number of rushing attempts ever. Those are all good things. The defense is taking the ball away. The offense is running the ball. They're not coughing it up. They appear to be in better shape. They're stomping inferior opponents. They did not win their number, their biggest a game this year. So I That's true. And we have still have not won a big game. So that's still out there. Um, but there are a lot of the, the evidence is starting to pile up at this point. I think it's naive to not at least acknowledge it. No doubt, no doubt. Have you seen the stats about what Notre Dame has yielded off of turnovers in terms of points? Have you seen that? I also pulled this from ESPN. Notre Dame with those eleven takeaways, uh, take a stab at how many points that they've produced out of those eleven turnovers. Uh, sixty. Seventy points. Okay. Produced off of 11 turnovers. Notre Dame has five. So on the year, we got a plus six, right? Turnover margin. Guess how many points Notre Dame has given up on the turnovers that they've given up? The opponents collectively have yielded how many points off Notre Dame's five turnovers? Three. Three. Really? Points. Man. Good guess. Pour yourself another bourbon. So when I talked last week to cousin JJ about efficiency, and, and I think some people out there are like, what does that mean, offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency? Well, I work at a company that measures that, so anybody else that works at a huge corporation knows exactly what efficiency means. Tell me about these KPIs, Martin. Right, exactly. Where, I need a yeah. rust, robust explanation yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. But here's all you guys need to know. Not o- Here's why turnover margin is Right off the bat, it's important, but when you talk about the yield, you talk about the ROI from those turnovers, Notre Dame has scored 70 points resulting from their turnovers. Their opponents have scored three. It may as well be as if Notre Dame has yet to turn the ball over. Let's take a tiny minute here to twist the knife into our perennial rival Michigan, or at least next year they will be. Do you remember the game where Notre Dame, or when Michigan turned it over six times? Against Notre Dame. Was that 2012? That was one game. Michigan <laughs> turned it over six times. Notre Dame has five games, five turnovers. I think a, I think if your running average is one turnover per game, you're in great shape. Yes, Michigan State's turnover prone. Yes, Miami is a much lesser quality opponent. You know, if Cousin JJ was, we can just like Photoshop him it, in right yeah. now, right? Well, the recruiting class is 108. You yeah. know, the coaching. Here's the thing. As you said, we're keying on balls. Julian Love had a scoped 
you know, pick six against Michigan State. We're ripping out the ball. They're ball hawking. This is what we saw in 2012. The defense wants to touch the football. That's what defense is. Here's another thing, and I hate to do this. I absolutely hate to do this. Do it. There's one player on defense that had a horrific game. This game? This game. Watkins. He had a horrific game. But here's the thing. Now, it's not I, to blast him, but people, here's what I, I saw some people on Twitter say, his coverage was great. He just wasn't turning and looking. Like kind of true. The, That's kind of true. It's hard to say. Being live, he was playing primarily the opposite side of the field. Okay. When when they were, you know, like for me, usually. Yeah. Um. But yeah, he was he, very very close, he, and he, he didn't make a lot of plays. He on didn't the ball. have the best game ever. And I'm not this. We very very rarely do we point out players for having a bad performance. And the only reason I mention that is because. When I can pick out one guy yeah. that defensively had a bad performance, that's usually that's a good sign, right? To go back to we were talking about. I don't know who that guy was because it's the first game he ever played in Game Eight against Northwestern, but he looked horrible. I've never even heard of him. That's what we were dealing with. You guys remember how depleted the defense I, was and how everything spiraled and fell well, apart. Last year they're playing all these freshmen. I mean, with with Hudson. I mean, it's it, it's been yeah, it's been goofy for a long time, but like. You know, it's funny too because what was the interview? Brian Kelly was like, "I we I just decided we had to outscore people," and you know now it's like, "Well, look, I mean," and we even said I made a case for starting Zaire, and I probably look like a dumbass. Everybody's like, "Well, Kaiser's in the NFL," was like, "Look, if you if your defense sucks, he's in Cleveland. That's not the NFL." Try, I was like, "If your defense sucks, try to run some clock milking." you know, ball control type offense, yeah, right. which maybe they were trying to do this year. The, the, here's the, one of the most bizarre stats though. This might be the most impressive thing. Anybody's going to hear today. All right. Get a pen out this. I mean, this is absurd. I looked at every single one of Notre Dame's touchdown drives this year. Oh, wow. All right. They've got 26 of them. 26 touchdown drives. Here's what their average Martin. Here's what their average touchdown drive looks like right now. 5.2 plays. Five plays is the average for five plays for 63 yards in 1.48 in one minute and 48 seconds. That's insane, Martin. This here, here are their touchdown drives 70 yards in 33 seconds, 72 yards in a minute, 10 seconds, 69 yards in 53 seconds, 75 yards in a minute, 24, 92 yards in a minute, 55, 75 yards in a minute, 34, 83 yards in a minute, 59, 35 yards in 28 seconds, 33 yards in a minute, 16, 78 yards in a minute, 55, 80 yards in a minute, 34, 62 yards in 319, 73 yards in 25 seconds, 36 yards in a minute, 43, 71 yards in a minute, 50. 30 yards in a minute 35 57 yards in a minute 20 81 yards in a minute 42 87 yards in 220 it's insane it is insane what you just did you just rattled those up. the only person that could rattle off that many that many I, times I skipped over a couple there's a couple three minute ones in there i skipped in two minutes the only person that could rattle off that many times under three the minutes micro machine is, guy? is my wife oh Referencing me, oh, that was that was a that was a bad joke. Um, look, here's the thing. Again, we talk about efficiency. Five look, five plays, sixty yards, look, you, under two minutes. This touchdown. Game, this done. game. This game and others. I I I apologize. I didn't do the full blown time of possession breakdown. But Notre Dame in this game had like an eleven minute deficit in time of possession to Miami of Ohio. Now there was there was a school of thought that you and I kind of bought into. It doesn't Many, Martin. 
One, two, three, it's four, insane. Five, six. It is insane. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven touchdowns. Seven touchdown drives. The longest one was the last one of the game, which was with the scrubs that went 87 yards and took over two minutes. The other drives, but besides that one, a minute 42, a minute 20, 135, 153, 143, and 25 seconds on the first score. Right. Granted, it's Miami. I get it. But that that goes through and through all the games. If anybody, but if wants you commit to, to the run, I know, and you got and 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 I said that Notre Dame's got one of the five best lines, and cousin JJ looked like a dog when he hears a kazoo. Yeah, I'm like, no, they're good. Look at those holes. If you want to pick anything apart from this, I mean, what could you say? Notre Dame's heavily dependent on the big play. Yeah, great. Right? That's like saying well, Steph Curry's heavily dependent on the three pointer. I love it. I have no I, problem with that I, at all. And I wondered if this would say to me, if, if as we start playing, I'm glad you said that too because I I initially went into this thinking, is this evidence that Notre Dame can't sustain a drive or can't as they start playing tougher? Let's say they have to manage the clock. That, that, that they start right? playing tougher opponents. Can they not put together long drives? I mean, the longest scoring drive that they have so far this year, I think, was. Three minutes and forty seconds. Yeah, I heard a three forty one. I maybe. think three forty. Okay. The long, and ninety two yards was the longest. I I mean, but how can you even look? Even if you are, and here's the craziest thing: even if you are trying to bleed the clock, you've got a lead. Those and, were touchdowns. And you're trying drives. to be kind, and you're just running the ball. At some point, when you got Josh Adams or Dexter or Dion McIntosh at this point, whoever. Hey, we're just trying to run off tackle and run the clock out. We can't help it if our guy breaks a 55-yarder again. What do you right. want me to do? Describe for me a football scenario where you don't want to break off a 50-plus yard run. There is no such thing as a football scenario where you're like, hey, let's just get out of Dodge. We don't need a touchdown, guys. That doesn't happen. Okay, we're talking about killing the clock because, if what, if it's a bowl game or the championship or something where you just want to win? That's something different. We're not talking about victory formation. There is no football scenario where you don't want to break a long run. That doesn't exist. And how many of those run? How many of those drives ended with a long run? You may not have the number off the top of your head, but I know for a fact uh, that yeah, the, I think they've. Got, I know for a fact we have five runs over fifty yards. Yeah, easily. Yeah, we had two of them. They in probably this got game. more like ten. Yeah, and and some of them are happening right off the bat. Now I get it. Maybe we don't have when we're playing some teams that have a little bit more elite speed. We've talked about Josh Adams. Maybe he doesn't get that kind of run. But the reality is, these guys are seeing holes. The line are making holes. I mean. I don't care who you're playing. It's Division One football. What else can well, you do? Look, I mean, look, for? I mean, I mean, the, there's tons of these for Miami and BC and Temple, right? There's there's fewer well, of we them. We also have for, three guys that have done these big there's plays. There's fewer of them for Michigan State. There's only one for Georgia, and Georgia's only a 32 yard drive, right? So it's, you know, I I mean, I think it's still. If if you want to if you want to level the criticism that they still haven't done it against a top flight opponent, I agree. I mean that's totally. that, that is still out there. I mean we're trying to be, try. I'm trying to be a fan who can at least have fun again because I haven't been in that place pretty much. Yeah. Um, over a year. So, you know, at this point, but, uh, so so I'm trying to find some things to enjoy it. Even when I did enjoy a couple of the games, cousin JJ squashed me. Now I'm saying no. There is legitimate evidence that maybe maybe this is a Brian Kelly 2.0. Doesn't mean they can't implode the second half of the season. Doesn't mean they beat anybody of consequence yet. But Michigan State's in the top 30 now in Sagarin. You know, I mean, that's a top 30 win. They're 1-1 one one against the top 30. Nordies is number 10 in Sagarin currently, Martin, if you can believe that. And they're still ranked above every opponent. 
whoever cousin JJ or so whoever saying Stanford or USC is like some juggernaut. Like, look, they're they're those teams aren't. I mean, they're well, not they, that good. I said it. USC's line sucked last week, and they dropped, and one. they did, and and so and there were a lot of people who were bummed about that, thinking. You know Notre Dame. We need them. We need them to be under. We don't need shit from USC. They no. can they can go suck I one. I don't I need agree. anything from them if, at all. If Notre Dame, if Notre Dame's success is indirectly and USC's success, if, you're, not if, right. they, and, yes. you're not doing it if right. You're not doing it right. If they went eleven and one, I'm not saying they will, but if they went eleven and one this year and got shut out of Give the playoff, the death penalty. I don't whatever. care for the no, basketball no, 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 thing. I'm talking about Notre Dame. If Notre Dame went eleven and one and got shut out of the playoff, and it was because the USC wasn't a quality. Well, listen. Notre Dame just saved themselves another ass beating by Alabama. It's probably no, not. yeah, it's we're not going that route yet. But I'm just saying, I have, yeah, no, I don't, I, I, I get it. Like, you, what people want is the moment, okay? And I was at the Bush Push game. We've talked about it before on this podcast. We want the moment where USC is good. It's not a good look for either one of these teams if one of them's just it's, drubbing the other. That's no. not a good thing. We, we we agree. Well, look, we like I mean, epic it, Notre Dame I USC mean, even games. If, as even much if as anybody. USC was undefeated, but they were a fake top five team then what's the it's just like when notre dame went in and played alabama we were a fake number one sure, team sure. we were undefeated yes but we He's were com- completely yeah. exposed right, right? and right. so that and and noted and uh usc's been shaky i mean they have I, it's, it was an, it was inevitable that they were going to get picked off yeah I, but I mean, if you if you get if you go into that kind of college football logic to the point where you're like you're really really rooting for usc do that after notre dame plays them you don't need to root for them before I, no that's it that's just nah, ridiculous yeah I just whatever Look, i mean if they're not if they're not marquee and they get exposed so be it i, I, this, I don't this care. schedule is i mean it, it's backloaded there with quality opponents but i wouldn't say any of them are exceptional it is kind of looking like a soft schedule now do you agree it's it, it is it's not what it was nc's a trash can it's similar to 2012 where everybody said murderers row and as that season manifested itself it wasn't i tell you the team i think that's really rising in terms of what they've produced this year is miami Miami, Florida, like that's the team that seemingly is kind of rising above and Stanford and USC, but we've been through that before and there's nothing wrong with that. No Notre Dame fan has to be depressed or apologize. Stanford just, and USC have both been top ten teams entering the season and been and been Stanford's a top ten program falling at this point. out of ranking. You know, they're a top ten program sure, at this point. Sure, but that's both of those teams have been soft. Let's you know, I, I think about this. Here, here's what I think is really interesting. Let me go back to this quote about Brian Kelly. Maybe I bumped my head, and I'll mention somebody else that bumped their head, Dorothy. When she went to Oz, all right, she mm-hmm. first wakes up, right? Everything's in technicolors. Dorothy wakes up, and there's and there's munchkins, and it's like, I don't even know how to navigate this. Exactly. I have four small children, so that's why I'm hip to that movie. But as no, it's because our parents are squares. We had a v- we had like five VHS tapes in the entire house, and the yeah, Wizard of Oz was right, one exactly. of them. Yeah, they're gonna go out to some blues bar, like p- put in Wizard of Oz. That's an hour, and you know yeah, or that's yeah. like like that's two. Hey, kids, watch Sound of Music. We'll be home in three hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. That's that qualifies as babysitting. <laughs> but here here's the thing: as Dorothy progresses through the land of Oz, and she finds some friends along the way, maybe you you might want to call them. Coordinators. Okay. She's all of a sudden she starts to be able to navigate this really new bizarre world. And I find it very interesting whether or not it's true that Brian Kelly actually bumped his head and discovered that running the football was an intelligent thing. Here's my only thought about what's what happening in Georgia right now. I don't believe, and part of it is because of this quote, I don't believe Brian Kelly entered the season before it started and said, this is the year that we go over 60% running in terms of play selection, and thus we will yield more than 65% 
yardage production. This is the year that we are truly a powerhouse running team. I don't believe he said that in September before the he, game started. How do we? He might come into every single year thinking that, and the line just never is. I agree. The line never materializes. This year, they finally look like what all the beat writers have been selling us for the last five years. But again, from what I've seen in the past, Ronnie I, Stanley, Martin. I mean, pick. I mean, it's just they've had a uh, an embarrassment of NFL talent right. there, and they've never been dominant like. But from this, what I've seen running. in his focus, although it seems like they've never been committed to it. But either. his focus on the quarterback, I just don't believe that that was his actual plan what i believe is they stumbled upon this running treasure and it doesn't really hurt the matter that the receivers are so so that's and Wimbush is being so so that is brian kelly 1.0 shit because any football coach anybody i mean anybody who understands the game you don't just stumble upon running like you unless you're air raid i mean unless you are like guys check this out i just read the rule book we can run unless you are just full out like air raid i want like harrell throwing 800 yards a game kind of stuff i mean that's the bedrock it's the foundation it's the most basic thing that there is you never saw how do you just stumble on that you have to be a complete tit to not realize that i agree but i never got the vibe that brian kelly only passed once the run broke down i never he led with the pass he has an affection for it he has a quarterback focus Here's the thing. In years past, he would have stuck with it, even with a quarterback who wasn't completing passes or, or receivers who were running terrible routes. And what I saw in person in Notre Dame Stadium, the routes look terrible. They're not a good. It's... I don't know if it's Alexander, or the new wide receiver coach, or something the old receiver coach did, or I don't know what it is. Their routes look so bad against Miami. I mean, Wimbush often had a lot of time to throw. He looked like he was locking into one guy for a while. You know, I mean, like he wasn't turning back yeah. and looking back to the other side of the field necessarily. But, man, I mean, the the, the only time those guys were getting open is when a play broke down and then they all start running back to the ball. Right, That's half exactly. the catches in this game. Yeah, look, one of the best the throwing catches The routes are terrible. Wimbush was under 50% against Miami, Ohio. Exactly. Under 50% against Miami of Ohio. We can pull the box score up again. It's not good. So, I mean, is it, did Kelly just bump his head and stumble upon that? I don't know. He may have bumped his head and stumbled on the fact that his – that his prodigy here, Wimbush, is is still in his fifth start. The guy's throwing for under fifty percent for less than one hundred and twenty yards. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't. He's not turning the beat on that picks. That's cool. He didn't run the ball a whole lot in this game. He didn't need to, but right. You know, I guess my whole point is when I when I was talking about the Wizard of Oz thing. At some point, Dorothy's like, okay. I, I, at some point, Dorothy goes home. That's the, that's really well. Not only that, but Dorothy <laughs> she she starts to be able to navigate the world of Oz. And what I'm saying is, for the people that are so worried about the Georgia thing, let's just say that Brian Kelly was coming to the realization, even though you're you're positioning perfectly that that's probably ludicrous for a guy who's coached football for 28 years. It's half of your available options, run or pass. <laughs> the fact that you came to somebody had to bump you on the head three decades decades into the job of saying you have a or b and b might be worth a look i i get it but let's just say he's coming to that realization and they have to commit and i think it took a subpar receiving core for brian kelly to actually commit to the run i hate saying that but i think it's true but it also may have taken i mean look i mean he said that he thought last year that they were just going to have to go out score people and so that was his grand idea going into 2016 that we just need to outscore people. And the result was four and eight. Mm-hmm. 
So maybe that is also a contributing factor. You know what? Actually, we probably... I'm, maybe I'm not as smart as I thought I was all these years with my spread it out, chuck it around. That was nice at Cincinnati, but now that I'm playing big boy schedules, you know, and have a little bit of pressure on me, perhaps playing good defense and running the football is actually a better strategy because all these teams that seem to be successful are doing that. Are doing that. And the spread has kind of come and gone. Doesn't mean they hey, – look – Clemson has spread principles. Jalen Hurts at Alabama runs some. I mean, I'm not saying don't throw. It's not a bad thing to have a, a an agile QB or anything like that. But they're also all playing good. None of those teams go out with the mentality of let's just outscore people, right? Yeah, right. That, that's not that that's that's what Oklahoma State's kind of doing, right? Yeah. That's not what Alabama necessarily does. Yeah. Now, do they outscore somebody when they beat them 55 to three? Sure. Yes, they do. But those guys are a little bit more defense-centric and perfectly yeah. happy running the ball. Right. And don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this is solely because in the absence of a of a viable receiver core, Notre Dame decides to start running. Hey, look, EQ's Josh right. Adams I mean, is, is silly right now. I mean, I hope everything's okay with the injury or whatever. The guy, you can't fake this. He's had 73 carries. I know we, we have a backloaded schedule. 73 carries. His average is 9 yards a carry he only has four touchdowns but after 70 carries his average is nine Wimbush look for a quarterback he has almost 70 carries he has 68 his average is 5.9 that's spectacular and Dex he's had to sit out he's been kind of he's been this ping pong ball in terms of the personnel he only has 20 carries which seems mind-bogglingly low but we've talked about that ad nauseum this guy's still averaging a first down per carry Per carry, the guy gives you a first down, 10.7. Hey, and then what's beautiful is none of them are coughing it up. I mean, yeah. none, nobody's coughing it up. Yeah, That's absolutely. Great. As we move to the end here, let me give you a, you know, I feel like most of the stuff we said is obvious, but it needed to be said. It, it, it needed to be said by us because we've been so hard. We have, but like you for said, so long. we've looked and at it doesn't mean collective. Nobody's absolved of, of everything yet, and there's still a long way to go. Yeah. And this thing could easily be, I, I mean, I don't see it ending up like seven and five bad, but you seven and five seems impossible. At it this does, point. but that doesn't honest, mean. That's why I said. But but we've not, but, but we've all also seen some pretty monumental slides. But you said the word absolve, and I think that in the true Catholic tradition, you we have gone back to all the sins of Brian Kelly many many times, and I think to be fair, we have to say, look, the guy's gone to some sort of confession this hey, year. Look, Something happened, he, he, and we're willing to say, hey, from here moving forward. You're, he, you're, listen, you're good. He was humbled. He was humil. He had to have been humiliated after last year. And I think it was worse because he they, went to the championship. They game. they sucked so bad last year, and then there's these rumors of him trying to get out, and everybody's laughing because nobody wants him, and he can't get can't get a job anywhere else. And your and, only choice and, is to double down. And Swarbrick's not going to get rid of him because he just gave him a six year deal. And and for all these things that you're just like, God, just let this guy go, please. Swarbrick probably was stuck with him. We felt stuck with him, and the only only positive outcome is the guy reinvents himself, sure. which he had shown absolutely zero zero evidence previously that he would adapt. He just hasn't. But he's, you know who else? He's showed? the good you get used to it guy. And f- 
I maybe he reverts. Maybe he reverts to a previous installation of the operating system. Sure, sure. And maybe he truly is Vista, and this turns out to be smoke and mirrors, as Cousin JJ says. That's all. That's all possible. All those options are still on the table. Let's, we just need to say that we do believe in conversion. I'm surprised that this is already higher than what I expected. I think it's fair for us to say that. I'm not saying we have to get religious, but I am saying that conversion is something I believe in, but I hadn't seen anything indicating it was possible. And now all I know that's happened this year is they've blown out the cupcakes. They hung with an SEC team that looks legit yes, otherwise. Yes, hanging with is not ideal. I agree. I, I, mean, I agree. But look, it, look. Ask yourself this: If you believed it was possible that Brian Kelly would do something that made, let's just say, you or cousin JJ or anybody, if you believe Brian Kelly could, in any world, do something that would bring you back in as a believer, whatever that might be. Okay, take anything you want off the shelf. It's the white room in the Matrix. Whatever you want. If you believed it was possible, what would it have been? Blowing out opponents and beating I and mean, winning games of consequence. Winning a major bowl game or, or playoff game. And we haven't got is, there is, yet, is, and the only thing but, you're but, missing but, is the, a one-point loss to and, Georgia. And that's the fair thing to say. Look, I mean, we, we Cousin JJ's not here to defend himself, so it's easy for us to take some jabs at him. This is great. But... <laughs> He's stuck in customs right now. I'm just blasting Getting, all of his takes. Oh, you got any fan radio on your phone? Come here, sir. We're going yeah, exactly. to need to do a cavity search. Pat down. Uh, no, but look, I mean, he, he he would say it's Miami. It doesn't mean anything. And he would be right. That's true. But we're looking for data points that say that this guy, Brian Kelly, has got something figured out. And there are data points at this point that would suggest that. However, they've only played one major game. It was against Georgia, and they did lose. It was close. They could have won, should have won, whatever you feel. But they didn't, as JJ would say, winners win and losers lose. So that's all fair. However, if you believe that it's playoff or bust, or if you believe they may get shut out of the playoff, but if you go out and you win a major bowl game instead of getting your head beat in by Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl again or something of that nature, Mm -hmm. which has kind of been the MO so far, if you went out and won one of those games, that would be something that, that the most ardent hater would need, right? That's the evidence that the most hardened heart would have to see. Yeah. We, you're not going to see that for another three months. So I'm not allowed to say Tom, that's Thomas putting his finger into the wound. Look, here's somebody I, for, I wish I could give attribution to whoever said this, but so somebody on Twitter said, and it made perfect sense. He goes, <clears throat> yeah, playoff or bust, or you want to win, that, that's fine. But when they beat Michigan State by 20 points, you can't be pissed about that. As this team builds to, and, and I'm not saying this team's going to go in a playoff game. I don't even know if they're going to get to a major bowl game. Mm-hmm. They may self destruct. I honestly, Josh Adams gets hurt and shit gets. That's true. Who, who the hell knows at this point? That's true. There, there's two. Notre Dame's been very for, uh, fortuitous bounces, uh, turnovers, health wise, everything else. Hopefully, all that stuff stays in. Hasn't the, rained yet in yeah, the game. Yeah, they haven't played in a hurricane yet. It's where they've had to throw. That's huge. You know, so, um, so who knows? But hypothetically if that's what you're building towards look it, it that t- you're not clem- you're not coming off a national championship season last year you're not ohio state where you're used to winning 10 games i mean they have to build back up from the absolute rock bottom this yeah. is a guy that's on like day 14 of sobriety right you know what i'm saying yeah. one day at a time you guys smoking nine packs of cigs a day and drinking coffee like it's going out of style but he hasn't taken a drink i mean that's they're in recovery yeah. okay so it, it takes stomping temple. It takes 
you know, ca- capitalizing on turnovers for Michigan State. You know, yeah, did they kind of hand the game away? Maybe, and because you can say, well, that's a, ga- a big middle middle of the road Big Ten team. It doesn't really matter. But you don't have to apologize. But Notre Dame, if they are going to be a playoff team or win, a, they have to build to that. In 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 their twelve step program are twelve games. At each one, they have to build towards. And if it's beating the piss out of Miami, hanging fifty on Chuck, old buddy, old Chuck Martin. Hey, is it a major opponent? No. Is that enough to make cousin JJ happy? No. Does it make me happy? Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, I had a good time at the game. But those are the things you need to go out and handle your business every single week. And right. they just they are what they are. And if they win the rest of their games against better teams, that's what it'll be. And if they don't. That's what it'll be. But you, I think you at least have to be happy the way things are trending now. We've been hurt before. You still got to be on guard. I'm not saying go out and spend hundreds of dollars on new polos yet, right? Mm-hmm. But things look promising. There's no doubt. And, if you again, like what you said, let's look at what Notre Dame has had in front of them in terms of a task. They've had five games. What do you want them to do? If you are the fan that says playoff or bust, what do you want Notre Dame to do? You want them to blow out the inferior opponents, and you want them to win games of consequence. They've blown out Temple. They've blown out BC. They've blown out Michigan State. They've blown out Miami of Ohio, and they got really, really close to winning a game of consequence. If you want to be the guy that says 80% is not good enough, 80% of your games you've done what you're supposed to do, but the one that mattered you lost – Look, that's fine, but when you look back at what this team was last year, they lost the game that mattered by one point. And I think that as you're to what you said, they're in recovery. They're still learning. I know it seems ridiculous that this team has to learn how to run the ball and be a running team, but I'm not entirely convinced that this team set out on this journey in 2017 saying we're going to run at a 60% selection clip. I'm not convinced of that. I think that they discovered it. And that's still getting manifested and calculated as far as their strategy. And I think as they move forward, you're going to see more of it. I think they're going to get better at it. I think they know exactly what happened against Georgia. I don't think it'll happen to that tune again. I don't think you see this team get held to 55 rush yards again. I don't think that happens. They could have easily called 10 of those passes runs, 10 10 more runs in that game. Absolutely. That's the one game that sticks out as the the anomaly. The play calling was a little dicey. It was. The execution was not great, but not horrible. And and look, I mean, there's a long way to go. Um, can Can you count on evidence? I mean, look. What's the Antutu benchmark or whatever is like when you finally load down your computer with like the 3D graphics process, you throw the most CPU intensive thing at this. We're not there yet, right? right. Sure. I mean, this is like, you know, to put it back in our 2.0, is he Cocho Vista? I mean, like the thing started up. I was able to put my name in my zip, you know, the time zone in that stuff. Yeah. Okay, office loads, you know, I can I can open an Excel file from last year and it still opens in this one, new one. Sure. All that stuff is good now. We haven't put this to the test as far as running the heavy CPU yeah. intensive bog your memory that hasn't happened yet. I mean, Georgia was the closest thing and it was a and it was not a success. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows. But but I I think you know, what's, what's funny is, and, and we were wondering, you know, is that Michigan State win smoking? This schedule is smoking mirrors is kind of the way it's looking. Yeah. I mean, North Carolina sucks. Yeah, they. they I don't know what's Wake, going on Wake with that team. Wake is pretty good, but they're not great. 
Right. NC State, they got some good players, but they're not as talented. That's the most irritating. Notre Dame's got more talent than almost everybody they're going to face. Mm-hmm. They do. And and people that and cousin JJ is like, well, USC's got more talent. They might have less depth. Right. Though. But I don't care what anybody says. I'm willing to say right now, as a hot take, you know, write it down right now. You know, USC, Stanford, and Miami, Florida are legit games. Those are legit wins. I mean, those are wins of consequence. If they to win use them. the definition that we've made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I don't know if any of those will I don't care. finish and higher. I don't, if, if Notre Dame won them all, none of those teams are going to finish better than them. I don't them. care what those teams do. I don't care if USC falls off a cliff. That is a win of consequence. It is. It's USC. Come on. Like, you got to give them something. Notre Dame cannot be vilified for these other teams not coming up to the standard no, look, that we expected. I, my, my only point is this, could, this, could, very, this could very well end up being – I just want to put this out. Let's say, they, let's say they did win out, okay, and none of those teams really end up being great, right? Miami's like the best. Let's say they win out. It's like now you're listening to after no, hours. No, I'm just, but, I'm just, but I just want to throw something at you. Know, yeah, I'm, okay. Let's, if Notre Dame won out and Miami turns out to be the best of the remaining opponents, mm-hmm. they're pretty good, but they lose to like Clemson or somebody, Virginia Tech, or they, they lose an ACC. You know, they, so they end up with a couple losses. I yeah. mean, they're good, yeah. but they finish like a legit opponent, right? I mean, and everybody else is like so-so. And then Notre Dame goes to a bowl game. Let's say they get run out of the gym by like Penn State or something mm-hmm. okay so that could be a very that's an analog to 2015 in my mind which is you beat every team that was as good or worse than you and you played georgia and penn state or you played like the two teams that were actually you know like miami was close but the two teams that were actually better than you you lost to i mean right, could you see right. a, a, a 11 and 2 season where that was the case i mean that's feasible and so it's like yeah now that at least coming off a 4 and 8 season makes you feel better sure but i wouldn't better. go so far as like swarbrick to pl- proclaim that as the best coaching that he's ever saw you know saw in 2015 You're right. other than the fact that he he was heading for a, a mountain and he somehow pulled back on the you know uh, on the, yeah, and avoided, yeah, and avoided a head-on collision, which is what yeah. is kind of what he's doing now. I don't know. There's a lot to lot to go here. And you're right. I and, mean, and it's hard to get super geeked up about beating the piss out of Miami, but but every passing game, we get more and more evidence that perhaps they've got Brian Kelly has this thing figured out, and maybe it's just hiring and and enabling and delegating to capable assistants and staying the hell out of the way. Maybe that's all it took. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, as a kind of a parting shot here, you know, we talked a lot about the run yards and the run percentage. Anybody, Jude, whoever wants to say, well, is that because you blew him out? Here's what I know. The 70-yard run in this game was the second play of the game. Okay. okay, that wasn't because there was a blowout. Notre Dame was committed to the run up front. They have big play capability. They're an amazing running team, seventh in the country. They got great capable running backs. Hopefully, I hope to God they're all healthy. The big plays have happened in the first quarter, the second quarter, the third quarter, and the fourth quarter. This is not garbage time. We just decide to run the ball and shut down our passing game. That's not at all what's happening. The team's committed to the run. It's the highest percentage yet. Everything's trending toward the two best seasons Kelly that has ever produced, which is 2012 and run 2015. Run the damn ball, Kelly, you jerk. You know, and I'm just glad that he got hit over the head with our podcast. I know. I'm really, really excited yeah. about that. It was like somebody, slip, you know, like like Jason Bourne, like drops a phone in his pocket. You yeah, know, and it's right. like preloaded with uh, with indie fan radios on it. You got it. All right. Maybe well, obviously, uh, the hype machine's in full effect. Cousin JJ wanted no part of it. We wish him safe travels back from the uh, America Junior. I don't mm-hmm. What do you call Canada? It's like just enough of a dig to not be insulting, but at least let him know that. No, nah, I just I just call it Canada. Okay. That's fine. All right.
Well, to all our Canadian listeners, we really, really appreciate you. Um, I think as our the conversion rate, like you, we we turn out a hundred and six uh, and out a sixty six. That's why we did that. Your we field is one hundred and twenty yards tur- long. We turned out a sixty six minute podcast. I know you only get fifty eight minute of it. Minute, sure, <laughs> minutes sure. of it back exactly. there. But uh, no, seriously, that's the hype train's rolling. It's good. You know, you got to feel good. I mean, Notre Dame's finally ranked. I mean, it's like. The rankings are a joke. I mean, what else could you have done when Miami of Ohio was up? What's on your plate? Yeah, Finish your food. I, I don't know. What else can you do? I, I like Sagarin more than anything. They're tenth. I mean, that feels a bit strong, but I mean, really, until proven otherwise. You know, right? Sure as hell Innocent like, until proven. But I mean, guilty. then you look at like LSU and Mississippi State and all these other imposter programs that have been ranked. They're not any good. So how the hell? Who knows? Sure. I mean, it's, absolutely. This is just about the time of the year where you actually start to figure out who's good. This is also the time of Notre Dame's schedule where we're at. We're going to really see what Notre Dame is and if Brian Kelly can stick to. It's easy to run the ball when you're beating somebody by thirty. That's true. You know, when push comes to shove. We'll see, because they started chucking it a little bit, and you know, they had two drives to score on on Georgia, and we're we're tossing the rock oh, look, around a little bit. Absolutely, so we're gonna see what what truly comes out. But as of now, a lot of things to feel good about. If a game starts looking like Georgia, expect cousin JJ to get on here and blow and up it, the microphone. And if this is truly smoke and mirrors, we will be reminded of it. Yeah, by our and, and lovely cousin. And you're you you've all <laughs> been made the wiser, like you said, because of 2015. If you only beat the teams that are less than you and you get really really close to beating the marquee teams and that earns you because of your brand if that earns you a big time game against somebody like an ohio state and it goes south fool me once right like that's on you if that is what ends up happening but if notre dame beats miami beats usc beats stanford probably get exposed in a blow i don't know we'll see we'll we'll deal with that when it comes let's do what the team's doing which is beating what's ahead of us nd fan radio on one foot down i'm irish tightness at irish tightness on twitter my brother at nd mcfly yeah Appreciate everybody listening. Check out our wonderful website, www.onefootdown.com, for all these wonderful articles. You can see how poorly I'm doing in the staff picks this year. Yikes. Yeah. All right. Uh, Otherwise, thanks for listening, and hope you appreciate our little uh, review of the stadium, and don't hold it against me. I... um Broke had the, to go. I had to go. Free it's greater t- evil to throw them away. Somebody gives you $700 of free tickets and parking passes. What are you going to do? Say no? Waste not, want not. It's for the kids. It's for See the you kids. next week. Thank you.